Welcome to All About the Experiences, the podcast that has no limits, hosted by me, Cheryl Rogers. My mother always said, live your life to the fullest, baby. Well, I'm here to do just that. This podcast is dedicated to sharing what inspires me personally and professionally. I have become a trusted name among top professionals in many industries. All About the Experiences is now your source for weekly inspiration, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in positivity and experiences. Now, join me on this journey. Welcome, welcome, welcome to All About the Experiences, Living Without Limits. I am so excited. Today's guest is a native of Oakland, California, and anybody who knows me knows I am also a native of Oakland, California. Not only do we come from the same hometown, he lived in the same neighborhood. How about that? He knows what it means to hustle harder. He is a husband and a father of four beautiful daughters. I am proud to say that he is quickly becoming one of the rising stars and leading speakers focusing on the success and um, net, successful networking tips, sales mentorship, and eye-opening talk series for today's up-and-coming entrepreneurs and business professionals. With his high-energy training style and his down-to-earth approach, the Hawk Vision podcast brand is at the head of its class and is sure to be one of the nation's top podcasts. And I have to say, I am uh, proud to be a fellow podcasting colleague and definitely a dear friend. Introduced to the network marketing industry by his mentor, multimillionaire and business guru, Edwin Haynes. He has taken hold of marketing and wealth principles and created Hawk Vision Leadership. Talk about lifting as we climb. We'll definitely get into that today. He was also trained by world-renowned speaker, Les Brown. His mentorship, quality reinforcement in real life stories and passion has opened the door for him to help individuals under, um, uncover their strengths and achieve their goals. Without further delay, I want to welcome Charles Chuck Hawkins Jr. to the All About the Experiences Living Without Limits podcast. Welcome, Chuck. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. It is it's crazy to be on the other side of that type of introduction. <laughs> now I'm like, now, now the pressure's on, right? Like, what do I what do I say? What do I do? Uh, happy to be here though. Thank you so much. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Long, long time coming. It has been a lot. Two little kids from East Oakland, California. Yes. Hey, I think we're yes. doing all right, right? Exactly. Same street, though. Like, that's the crazy part. Same, Same street, street, literally across the street in, what, three houses up? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, I always like to start off with, obviously, um, sharing uh, with the listeners and viewers how I know my guests. And, I mean, we've already alluded to that, is that we grew yes. up in the same neighborhood and, um you know, I, I want to address this, especially since I have a fellow East Oaklander um, on, on, on here with me, but I feel like sometimes East Oakland gets a bad rap. You know, a lot of times in the news, we hear about all the things that are taking place that are not necessarily from a positive nature, but you're looking right here in the flesh, two positive East Oaklanders who have not only um, 
been raised in love and you know the the richness and the culture of East Oakland, but we have become very um, successful professionals, entrepreneurs, podcast yes. hosts, and again, I am just so excited to have you <laughs> on and represent what East Oakland can do. How about that? Listen, I'm so I'm trying hard not to throw up my 73rd something like I'm what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree. I think that um we're from an era where Oakland had a mystique, right? Obviously, um, you know, home of the Black Panthers, home of uh the A's and the Raiders and all that good stuff. But we're from but can you say that last part again? The what? The A's? No, the, and then you said the A's <laughs> and then the... The Raiders. Okay. The Raiders. Um, but we're from an era where nobody wanted to, nobody wanted to claim Oakland as, as part of proudness, right? In terms of what we produced, the pride that we had, the hustle that we had. Uh, they only wanted to capitalize on what Oakland could offer. And so that, you know, I am, anybody that knows me knows, I'm one of those people that says, I'm not from the Bay Area, I'm from Oakland. That's because right. the Bay Area is is code and as far as i'm concerned the bay area is code for i can't really say i'm from oakland because oakland will call me on it but i associate with all the culture so that is a very good way to put that, I love that. <laughs> well i i'm proud to say and anybody asking me i'm from east oakland i'm proud of yes. all the accomplishments that i've had but i'm also proud to say that those were fostered homegrown in East Oakland. So we just have yeah. to put that out there. Absolutely. And um, I'm really good uh, friends and have a partner um, in Visit Oakland, Ronnie Palma. And I tell her any chance that I get, I know I live down here in San Diego, but I do rep East Oakland faithfully yes. in honor. You have to, you yeah. have to, it's, it's part of us. I think that people, you know, there's, I forget whose rap song it is, but they said all ghettos are the same, all hoods are the same. And I think that there's merit to that, but in Oakland, it's, you know, I, because we're from there, it's different. It's in you. And it's something that you get lessons every day, whether it's the bus ride home, the, the, the networking professionally, the job seeking, like anything that you do, there's a lesson you can learn day to day, just going to the store in Oakland. So. Facts. I love it. <laughs> Well, I am definitely proud to say as a fellow podcast host, I'm, I am proud to subscribe to your podcast, which is Hawk Vision Podcast. And I am definitely inspired not only by you, but by your guests. And I think I was sharing with you earlier before we came on was that when I was definitely deciding to go off into this venture and start my podcast and really um, explore my own branding and brand options that were available to me is that I look towards people that I could relate to and that I could see, um, you know, moving and shaking and doing those things. And I always like to say, I go to the school of Google and also YouTube. <laughs> YouTube University, yes, absolutely. absolutely. But I look at you and you're doing it and you're doing it very well, not only from the standpoint of how you're uh, making sure that you're able to give this information to but also from the standpoint of the people that you're aligning yourself with and you know that you're bringing forth people that people like myself can relate to and connect with and learn from and so I certainly appreciate you um, and all that you do to inspire and thank you for embracing me into the fold of podcasting come on absolutely absolutely you you're, you've been awesome like I've been watching your podcast as well and the way that you market and push it out there and there, you know, we're, we're learning off of each other. I don't think anybody is an expert to where they can't learn anymore. And uh, your growth, your subscribers, I mean, 
the experiences have been awesome. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I have um, one of my, which I, she was my mentor and I speak of her often. Actually, she was um, last week's guest. So I just want to give a definite thank you and a shout out to Dr. Pamela Hardy Shepherd. She is phenomenal, has a new book out, um, what she didn't tell you. And she came on last week to discuss the book and share with us a lot of great things, especially that are in our community, meaning the Black community. So that was really um, inspirational. And I'm telling you, it's a good read. So if you haven't gotten it, it's available on her website, as well as Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere you can find a book, you can find her. So definitely <laughs> check it, it out, for sure. And what I love well, that she always says is, lift as you climb. And you are the personification of that, then that is for sure. I mean, I know that you've had a myriad of different um, jobs and you pull from all those things to yeah. bring together what we will soon find out <laughs> what is Hawk leadership. But before we get into that, I wanted to just um, ask you, one of the things that I always hear um, resonate throughout your podcast is that you want to connect with people who are in the hunt or they're chasing yes. their dreams and and trying to actualize them. So tell me how you even came about deciding that your podcast and your leadership and everything that you're working towards right now is going to be to help others foster their creativity and their dreams. Yeah, I think um, it, it's part of uh, the myriad of backgrounds that I have, right? I am, am a person that did not finish college. I am a person that was a great student in high school, whenever I wasn't in the principal's office, right? But uh, I think you've helped me with my timetables before. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's funny, I, but I, I, I gathered all of those experiences. And one of the things that I realized is that the people that are at the top of the food chain are there for a reason. And, and it's not only because their network that got them there, it's the work ethic. But the other part is I found that they aren't always available. They're always willing, but they're not always available to help people that are just now getting started. And I think that's the disconnect in motivation. I think that's the disconnect in business and networking as well is the availability, right? Because now that you're at the top of the food chain, you have to stay there, right? Everybody wants the top spot. And so what happens is we, we reach out to these gurus, so to speak, uh, and we never hear back, right? And we, or, or they say, um, you know, let me, let me get my assistant to respond to you. Let me get this person, or they respond three weeks later, four weeks later, and that's fine. But what happens is, in the meantime, somebody's dream is dying, right? Because they don't have any help. And so where I come in is, is to make sure that I connect with people that are actively in the hunt, still have levels of success that you can Google, that you can verify, that you can see, but more importantly, that are still accessible, still willing to say, this is how I got here. Get in the car, let's go. Now, if you don't get in the car, that's on you. But, right, but if you have a dream, if you have a goal, if you have things that you want to accomplish, these are people that I've reached out to that are willing to connect with me and share their knowledge. And I think there's no better way to learn than to learn from people that have actively done what you're looking for. Uh, my dad, who you know, <laughs> always yes, told me, yeah, he, he always said, listen, if they don't have what you're looking for or haven't already lost it, and that they're not somebody that can teach. And uh, that's stuff that's going on for Yeah. You know, I'm just just um, digressing a little bit, and just because you mentioned, I mean, we talked about being from Oakland, but 
let's say this, we have um, been blessed with some pretty amazing parents that instilled a lot of, <laughs> they put a lot of work into us, but, you know, they instilled a lot of um, great things in us as well. And one of that, one of those things I, I can definitely say that was across the board in, in our neighborhood, I know if you got in trouble, you got in trouble by everybody. Remember, um, said across yes. the street oh and up God. the street. And yeah, I mean, but it was when <laughs> we came up in a time where our community embraced us. Absolutely. Our community supported our dreams. Our community whooped our butts when we needed it. Very but much also, so. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And, you know, it was something to be said that if I knew I was outside and I was kind of, you know, out there with the girls and we're trying to dance, doing stuff we knew we weren't supposed to. And we saw yeah. your mom or dad come outside. We got it together. We Straight were like, right up. Straight yeah. up. Yeah. And I noticed that that's missing um, pretty much in today's uh, society yeah. and the culture that surrounds our children coming up now. But I will say it was um, wonderful to look across the street and see a family that was together and filled with love. And you guys would be out there in the yard doing the yard work together. Your mom would come out and bring out <laughs> those snacks and stuff. I was yes, just like, that's the true family over there. Oh know? my God. Yes. What, what you guys never saw was in the backyard. My dad was like trying to kill me with physical activity because he's retired military. Yes. And so, <laughs> yeah. And thank it, you it was, for your service, sir. <laughs> right, right. So shout out to Pops. I think, yes. um, it's it's a different era, obviously. Um, I think that people are now more insulated into protecting what's theirs and and not wanting that input, you know, from from neighbors. But I'll tell you this: I live in a neighborhood now where, um, you know, we've all kind of moved in at the same time because it's a new development, right? We all built from the ground up. But there's there's a strong sense of watching each other's homes, you know, for deliveries. And we all text each other, hey, there's a package on my porch. Can you grab that for me? I'll be home. And I think that it's coming back. But right. one of the things that we didn't learn when we were younger is the importance of homeownership, right? Yeah. And so when you own your home, you're more cognizant of what's going on around it versus just paying rent. You take uh, literal ownership of the neighborhood, what's going on, right? Because you, yeah, you mess with my money. And um, <laughs> I think that there's, that's the part of home ownership that people talk about is the accountability that comes with it. So yeah, parents did a good job. And your mom was bomb too. I remember um, specifically one time, not to digress too far, specifically one time I was out washing my Camaro, right? Shirt off, could nobody tell me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and your mother drove and was like, boy? And I'm like, okay, yes, ma'am. Too sexy for the neighborhood. Too sexy. Yeah, for yeah. You couldn't tell me nothing, and, and instantly, you know, moms knew about it, pops knew about it. Like, boy, it ain't that hot. You know, it's the Bay Area. It might be seventy-five. Right. <laughs> I it's love a, it. Those were good times. They were good times, and they're definitely things that I reflect on. And I know my children. You know, um, my daughter was born, you know, in um, Newport News, Virginia, by way of me being in the military, and my yeah. son was actually born here in San Diego, but. I share those stories and, you know, it's interesting when I realized I wasn't sharing enough of those stories is when they assumed that our life in Oakland was like what they have seen in the movies. And I said, no, let me yeah. tell you. <laughs> there was some of that there, but definitely yeah. we were surrounded by a lot of love and um, 
healthy, um, I want to say this, it was definitely healthy competition. I can remember, you know, doing things, um, but really um, applauding each other's growth as well. Yeah. So um, those are things to definitely be celebrated. And I think we're the personifications of that as well. So again, um, thank you for being that light and definitely being a great product of East Oakland. So, you. and your parents. I, okay, I got to say it, town business. Okay, <sighs> I got it out. Okay, cool, town business. <laughs> I can straighten back up now. There you go. There you go. I love it. Um, I do want to make mention that I noticed that um, you were drinking from a coffee cup that was not of the Oakland persuasion. It was a Dallas Cowboy cup. We won't hold that against you. I just wanted to make note to that. Thank you very much for not holding it against me. It is a uh, a family legacy team. I have some uh, some heavy roots in Texas and from my mom's side and dad's side. And when you're seven and they tell you, this is the team you love or get out, you kind of just fall <laughs> in line. And it's my own abusive relationship, you know, that I- uh, that I It is what it is. I understand, you know, we, <laughs> we, can only, we can only hope to bring you back over to the dark side. So with that be <laughs> Vegas, the Vegas Raiders. We're not gonna do hey, that right now. We're not gonna- We won't go there, but we know that they're coming back at some point, so yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I want to say this, everything that you do, I know is done with um, purpose and yeah. you always have a great deal of passion behind it. So I want to ask you, what inspired you to create the Hot, Hot Vision podcast? Um, I think if I boil it down to the, the central why, it is that somebody's depending on me to get it right. Mm -hmm. Right. So as you mentioned earlier, I have the wife, I have my daughters. And there is um, a burning desire, I hate buzzwords, I hate being politically correct, but there is a burning desire to make sure that they have more than I had. And granted, my parents did a great job, two parents home, um, all that good stuff. There's, there's still, we talk about home ownership, we talk about wealth, there is a legacy that I need to create so that my last name matters. Like the only bad part about having four daughters is that eventually the name dies out, right? So <laughs> if they all get married, you know, God forbid some four different guys are good enough to marry my daughter, the name dies out. And so I have to make sure that if that doesn't work, that there's something for them to fall back on. And so I wake up every day trying to figure out what I could do next or what I can build on, what I can add to this uh, platform so that two things happen. One, there's wealth generated that they never have to worry about. And, and maybe they're trust fund babies or not at the end of the day. But more importantly, they can go back and listen to this podcast and they can say, you know what? That's what my dad taught me, right? I can, they can always hear my voice. They can always hear the lessons that I've given them, um, that I've even learned myself. Like I'm a person that every guest I have on, I've learned something from, implemented from, and have created a, a stream of income from. So I think that uh, it, it's, it's just knowing that somebody's dependent on me to get it right. Certainly, you know, that's something that I definitely, I built this brand upon. It's, it's all about the experiences and through experiences, it's, it's the connections that you have with other people. I mean, ours started back in our childhood and I look at now, like what you're talking about, generational wealth, it's something that I definitely want to make sure that that's a legacy that I leave for my children, a legacy of positivity, a legacy that they can know that anything that they set their mind to, they can certainly do it. And, it, and even more so in the midst of everything that's going on, political, social, 
pandemic unrest, you can still find a stream of income and make it happen for you. And also while lifting your community. And it is about giving back. That's one of the things I can honestly say about our parents is that they made it where we recognize that, yes, you do give back. Whether it's you going up and down asking, can I help like, you know, mow lawns or whatever it was in the neighborhood, we knew that we needed to give back. We knew that we had a responsibility, not only to ourselves, but to our community and to our neighborhood, you know? So um, I hope that those lessons continue to resonate, uh, not only amongst our children, but outwardly, you know? Well, I think when you don't share your gifts, you're robbing somebody of their own, right? Because I mm-hmm. think it's it's a it's a compilation of gifts and experiences to your point where if I don't share my gift, then you know, like my dad used to paint everybody's house, right? Like he's the consummate neighborhood painter. And so if he doesn't he paint that house, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And so uh, it was a side hustle for him, right? So he taught me the, the 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 joy of having a side hustle. And of course I painted homes too, had a painting company. But if he doesn't paint that house, the neighborhood doesn't get the benefit of that house as appraisal, right? And so it's that compound effect. So the now when somebody has the new appraisal, their house is worth a little bit more because it's got a fresh coat of paint on it. They get some more wealth, they hand that down or they're able to buy something else. And I think that as small as it may be, even us sharing this this podcast, somebody's going to be able to hear something between both of our communities and say, you know what, that's what I was missing. And they'll be able to put that with their own skills, right? Their own hustle, their own side business and be able to implement and now that trajectory changes. Oh, say that again. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> we have this podcast in that. Yes, yes. It's really important though. It's, it's important that I think too, when people see you know, two kids from East Oakland that are actualizing their dreams and we're relatable, that they know that they can too do that. And I think sometimes um, I am a little saddened when I look on Instagram or Facebook or even YouTube and I see what's set before our children coming up and there's this instant gratification. But to me, it is that hard work. When you're putting in that hard work and you're making something happening, you actualize it yourself. I think you eat better and you sleep better at night because you're like, I did that. Yes. And there's something, yes. there's satisfaction in saying, you know, I'm I, I'm real sensitive about my ish and I did that. And yeah. it's that, like you said, that pride in, in, in ownership. And so um, that's really um, a definite positive uh, thing that I hope to continue um, to emulate for my children and others around me. And um, one of the other things I, I have to make mention to, and I, you are always so full of Chuckisms. And so I know that your motto is no miracles ever happened without someone doing something. Yes. Tell me what that means to you. You know, I, um, I, am, I, I joke around a lot that I'm a baby Christian, right? That I am somebody that understands faith. I understand church, but I, I can't get past the business of church, right? And so for myself, that's a struggle that, you know, I, I am very vocal about. It's a thing that, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't shy away from. And so instead of focusing on the discrepancies between what you say versus what you do, my thing is no miracle happens without somebody doing something. And so whether that's, um, you know, you look at any story in the Bible, whether it's the hem of the garment and reaching out to touch it, it was that reach, it was that touch that got the blessing. It wasn't that, it wasn't the garment, 
right? It was the faith in reaching out to touch. And mm-hmm. so for me, it's, it's, a, it's a practice that I want to make sure that anybody that comes around me knows you can do affirmations, you can do goal setting, you can do vision boards, you can do prayer, you can do networking, you can do all those things. But if you don't sit down and do the work, none of that matters because it's the work that produces the, the, the seed, right? And even, even if you look at uh, planting trees, right, it, you still have to dig the hole. You can't just drop the, the seed on the ground and hope that right. you have to dig the hole. You have to do the watering. And I think that people get caught up in these shortcuts and this instant gratification that we talk about, right? Is I post, I get 20 likes. Okay, I did something. No, 20 people saw it, decided to put, you know, push the button. And I think it's automatic now that we do that. I don't think it's, yeah, it's muscle memory. Like it. Exactly, exactly. But the work comes in when you get that review. The work comes in when somebody says, you know what, I listened to that podcast. It was awesome. Thank you. Now I know to do X, Y, Z. Or now I have a, a, a goal to do this thing or I've learned how to do this. It, it's the results that the blessings come in the form of. And I think we have to get back in love with doing the work, right? I um, I joke around again and I say that, no, you, you don't get Motown era love with trap music patience. Right. And ooh, so, oh, that is, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's the thing, right? Everybody talks about 90s RB. Well, there will be no 90s RB without Motown, right? And, sure. and not that we're that old, but uh, there's there's something to letting that beat build. There's something to going through a couple of things and, and working through it so that you have this confidence of knowing I can overcome. And that only happens with work. And so, if you're trying to build something, if you're trying to reach towards a goal, you have to remember that the work, you have to t- teach your mind that the work is where the fun is. Mm-hmm. Process. You have to be able to say every day, I had five things on my list. I knocked out all five of them, or I even I knocked out four of them. That's better than the day before. And it gets me this much closer to the goal. Because the more you knock those things out, the more it becomes automatic. And you're no longer fighting over doing the first three. Now you're like, oh, I got three. Can I do four? Oh, I got four. Mm-hmm. Can I do five? Right? Can I plan on this? Can I reach out to this person that I think is going to say no, but can I reach out anyway? And you start to overcome fears in the process. And that's where the blessing is. That's that competition I was talking about that was inbred in us <laughs> from way back when, even if it's with yourself. I mean, who better to compete with but yourself? Because all you're going to do is win. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, that also brings me to, I just need to know, because I, you know, I do a little research too, but <laughs> what is the Sledgehammer training series? Yeah, so again, this neighborhood that we grew up in, I think is is indicative of everything that is, is brought up in me. So my grandfather lived, you know, not too far, right? Same street, it's, and everybody's <laughs> probably listening like, how big is this street? It's huge. But um, there was, it was especially when we were little years. little people. <laughs> right, right. Um, but my grandfather worked for the water company. And so uh, he used to always tell these, you know, grandfather war stories around holiday time or whatever the case is, that all he did was grab his sledgehammer and go to work. And so uh, it was this repetitive nature, which is, again, part of, you know, doing the work, this repetitive nature of grabbing that sledgehammer and beating the ground, right? But this is before jackhammers, right? So there was no right. automation, right? So we grew up it in an era where- It was all pure brawn. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's no, we grew up in an era where there's no automation. And so 
with my grandfather used to grab the sledgehammer and just beat the ground until he got to the, the pipes that he had to, you know, him and his team used to work on. And so I like acronyms. And so for the sledgehammer series, that was a training that I did some time ago where each letter stood for something, whether it was money, whether it was affirmations, hustle. And it was just something that was inside of me that I had to get out. And I spent uh, about an hour and a half on each letter. Um, and it was, it, it's part of being able to tell a relatable story for people to understand how simple hustling can be, how simple growing a business can be, while, no, while not negating how hard it is, right? It is very hard to grow a business. It is very hard to look your back against the wall. Like we're in, in pandemic right now, quote unquote, um, and we're, you know, depending on where you are, different stages of quarantine. And so it's no longer just how hard it is to build a business. Now for some people, it's how hard it is to get out of the bed. It's how hard it is to keep going when you have cabin fever and people around you are sick and there's, uh, you know, you're not have, able to have that interaction. Like, you know, me and yourself, we're, we're people, people, <laughs> people, yeah. persons, I don't know. Yeah. Right. But we're, we're not able to have those associations day to day. And so now it becomes this thing where, you know, I get dressed to go to Target because I'm like, you're I'm like, like I'm going to be so flying like, oh, going to Target. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be um, <laughs> right, right. But I think uh, it's it was a series that I did that I I love to teach in acronyms in general because I think that uh, we all do buzzwords, we all do the three steps and all that stuff. But when you have something as significant as a sledgehammer, everybody knows what it is, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you start to break down what each letter stands for, people can take away again something actionable that they can go and implement. There's something that, uh, one of the things that just stood out when you said actionable, I mean, again, it goes back to your model. You have to put forth that effort. You have to do something in order to produce something. And um, that's no more prevalent that we need that um, model or that idea than now, um, you know, whether we're waiting for vaccines, which I am not, I'll just say that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I still have a scar on my arm from something that my parents had to inject me with in order for me to get into school. So I'm not here for anything. Right, that. right. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that. But um, <laughs> there's something to be said about, you know, I know when this pandemic first started, it was like, wash your hand, you know, be respectful of distance and cover your yeah. face. And I mean, these are basic things that we could do that did not cost anything to do. And also show not only that you care about yourself, but that you care about others. And basically it boils down to just being a good human. And unfortunately we've moved away from that as a society. You know, there, there's um, a lot to be said about self-preservation, but also, if you're preserving self, you need to make sure that you have a sustainable community that's there as well. So, you know, those those kind of things um, resonate. And so when I think in terms of what we're doing right now and this podcast on your podcast and every other um, thing that we're doing where we're reaching out to other people, it's important to continue to make sure that these um, sentiments and these lessons are being, you know, shared, like you said, you know, in order to um, preserve us. Um, what are some new things that you may have coming down the pipeline that maybe I can have uh, breaking <laughs> through on my podcast? 
Yeah, so there's there's a couple of things that we're working on. Uh, the YouTube series is coming up, 10-Minute Talks, uh, Whiskey and Wednesdays. So Ooh, I did you say that. whiskey? I did. I did. Oh. I'm a fan. Uh, Pre-pandemic, yeah. right? So this isn't something I just picked up. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> oh, well, this is something <laughs> I just picked up during the pandemic. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Listen, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. I have, sure. uh, I think that in this era where content is king, it's not necessarily enough to have just the podcast because everybody, um, you know, doesn't listen to podcasts. Some people are YouTube people. You know, we talked about YouTube University. Some people are Instagram Live or whatever the case is. And my goal is not necessarily to capture every audience, but it's to truly serve the audience that is mine. Mm. And so to do that, um, like you said, there's a lot of Chuckisms. I have to have these 10 minute talks because I have uh, things that I'll notice throughout the day right? And it's like, you know, I, I, I need to talk about that. And, and for example, one of the things is, I saw this meme not too long ago, where it says, you know, pass down an LLC for your kids and make sure that they have, you pay them $12,000 a, a year and da, da, da. And I'm like, okay, yes, but the average family is looking for extra $500 so they don't go into foreclosure. And so they don't go into bankruptcy. So let's stop with the popular sayings, right? And let's talk about the actionable items that we can do uh, to, to make sure that we can come up with that extra $500. So the YouTube series is coming out. I am in the process of writing a book. Uh, it does not have a title yet because if I focus on the title, I won't write the book. Um, but we know that it'll be full of checkisms. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm literally debating the format now. Should it be, uh, you know, a couple of my talks, right? Just in written form or should it be an actual uh, storyboard, but it's going to focus on motivation, of course. It's going to focus on um, understanding that when you talk about motivation, you have to uh, break that down into the word I can. And so you have to identify the skill set, connect with people that are uh, like minded, accelerate everything that you're good at, and then nullify the things that you're not good at so that you don't uh, have those hurdles in the way and you don't stumble across that. And so we're going to talk about a lot of things coming up. I'm really, really excited for uh, 2021 things that we're gonna uh, go ahead and launch. I love that. You know, um, this past week, I was, um, believe it or not, I, I was able to travel. I traveled to Miami and, so <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have to tell you, um, and let me just say this, we can still move about the country. You can do it safely. Right. Doesn't mean that you may not be, you may or may not be subjected to COVID, but all you can do, I mean, I could do that going to the mailbox. So with that being said is if you're mindful of yourself and those around you, you have a higher propensity of not catching something, you know, and <laughs> I mean, there's precautions that are in place, but um, I say that because um, I was on the plane and having a poignant conversation um, and it was really interesting. Um, one of the ladies was just like, um, saying, you know, all the woes that have come from 2020, like this was supposed to be the year of perfect vision, you know, and all these great things were to happen, but who's to say great things didn't happen. Yeah. The, we have this, uh, this pandemic and it's ever, I mean, every time I turn on, on, uh, the, the news or I'm on online, I'm hearing something about it. True enough. Yeah. But also what I recognize was that this has brought us closer to our families um, this has made us realize the importance of toilet paper, apparently. It's also made us realize that you want to be able to leave a legacy. You don't know if tomorrow 
is promised. I've lost people during this pandemic. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, when we're saying we're doing our home goings and we're saying goodbye, you know, that's this big um, production, if you will, of the funeral and everything. But what did that person mean to you while they were still here? And I was very fortunate during this time that the people that I did lose, I had that personal connection and I was able to, whether I saw them face to face or had some kind of contact, whether it was on the phone or FaceTime or whatever it was, that made me feel good because I mean, suffering the loss is hard enough, but suffering a loss like that and knowing that you weren't able to connect or because of the pandemic, you know, there's this distance, this forced distance between us all was very difficult. And so one of the things that brings me back to, and I said all this to say too, is that I love watching your Instagram and seeing the wonderful things that you, the, the energy that you put into your family and into your marriage and into your wife. Like I saw a series where you're like, I'm dating my wife again. And I'm just like, yes, brothers, let's all watch this. Let's all date again. Yes. But it's just like, it, it gives you that renewed thing. We all know. I mean, I've been in a marriage for 20 six years and you know you have to work on it and you have yeah, to um, breathe life into it and I think when you see someone who you can relate to who's doing it and doing it well that means a lot and I think um, I'm just gonna throw this out here maybe if in those yeah. 10 minute whiskey talks or however you do that <laughs> and you have like a round table because I feel like and this is something that I've heard just saying okay. that a lot of men um, don't have that opportunity to really sit down and bounce those things. I mean, if you have your your one friend or your bestie or your homie that you might uh, connect with, but when you have yeah. a group of men from different walks of life, different perspectives that can share things that maybe you guys have in common and be able to really normalize things. I, I um, And I'm generalizing when I say this, but in our community, there's stigma around a lot of things that are not stigmas in other communities. Mental health yeah. is important. Mental um, exercise in the way of knowing that if you talk about your feelings and you talk about things that you're going through, it doesn't make you weak. In fact, it makes you stronger. And I see that yeah. resonate in the posts that you make and the things that you talk about. Um, and so just throwing that out there, maybe that can no, be- No, you know, it's- I, I appreciate that, but I, I have to say 2020, for, for all of the greatness that we project, um, I have to say 2020 has been one of the hardest years of my life. And and not necessarily just because I'm so social, but I think I, mentally, physically, emotionally, it's there were challenges that happened for me this year that I never thought that I would have to face. Right. Um, but again, it, it goes back to my where do you find the blessing? Your blessing is moving forward and doing the work. And so being, you know, having the military father or whatever the case, even having my mom who is in the service industry and in healthcare, it's still getting up, still doing the work and making the choice to be better. And so when people see me celebrate my wife or when they see me celebrate my kids, it's the active choice after 10, 15 years to say, you know what, she's still fine. To steal, you know, and, and and not that, you know, at any day I wake up and say she's not, but it's it's the choice to make people understand that yes, there are some things that, you know, have changed over the years, right? There are things that uh, we don't have the, the ability to do because we have smaller kids or whatever the case is. But 
we can still celebrate this love, right? And, and, and I want to make sure that people know that that's out there because as you said, men don't typically in our, in our, uh, in our disposition, we don't typically have uh, people that we can look forward to to bounce ideas off of because we've been taught to look out for ourselves, right? So we, we can get into the whole, you know, generational racism and things like that where men were taken away from families, do all that, but it's not as important as what we do with the knowledge that we have. Mm. And so with the knowledge that I have, I can look at my parents and say, they've been together 45 years, you know, and uh, my dad still chases my mom around the kitchen. You know, yeah. she's annoyed by <laughs> <I> it, <love> right? it. <laughs> She's annoyed by it, but my dad still chases her around the kitchen. I still chase my wife around the kitchen. But more importantly, I have people that watch me that are younger than me that get married and that, you know, have relationships. And I want to be a voice for that because I know I didn't have it, right? And and even, it may not have even been that I didn't have it. It was that I didn't know to ask or I wasn't comfortable enough to ask. So I want people to be comfortable enough to ask. Now, how much information you get out of me is dependent on you know our relationship but I, no for sure it's, it's all about being accessible making sure that you model the behavior that you speak about because it would be uh, a disservice for me to talk about motivation and love and all these different things that I that I talk about and then not show that I'm actively doing these things right so I think that um, you know to your point there will definitely be a round table we've had a couple shows where it's one-on-one Paul Bronson comes to mind, who's who's my, my big brother. Uh, Kev Carr did a really great job. Troy Spry did a really great job uh, as far as men coming on to talk about uh, love and dating and marriage and all those things. But we're, we're definitely got to do a little bit more. And I have an episode coming up where I finally, finally got one of uh, the, uh, the female love coaches to come on oh. and talk about accountability and uh, for, for affluent Black women to date. I think that's so important, completely important. And, you know, um, you know, we all learn differently, whether it's visually or listening or, you know, auditory, whatever it is. And I think the fact that you're able, like, um, I think you spoke to this earlier is bring it to different platforms, whether it's YouTube or Instagram or on your podcast and, you know, having that diversification is really important. But what I really heard you say was knowing (laughs) your audience and knowing what um, the, you know, having direct and concise messages that you want to make sure are conveyed. And so that is very important as well. And you do a very good job of it, I must say. Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, one of the things that I learned is that different platforms have different audiences, right? And so mm-hmm. for you, like you're, you're bomb at LinkedIn. I think anybody that knows you knows that LinkedIn is your bag. Like you are in it there. You are untouchable on LinkedIn. Uh, for myself, I'm really, really good. I'm not as good, but I'm really good on LinkedIn. Um, but Facebook is an issue for me. Right. Like I don't and maybe it's the maybe it's the navigation, maybe it's the permissions that they have, right? Um, but I every every audience is different. Like the same things that'll get you celebrated on Facebook and Instagram will get you dog walked on Twitter. And oh, so <laughs> exactly like Twitter is like you 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 have to have real tough skin to be on Twitter. It's not for everybody. Those and Twitter so I, fingers are dangerous, okay? Listen, listen. Yes. And, and the later at night it gets, the more, you know, the more New Jack City minutes to society-ish. It's <laughs> knowing your days. audience, like you said, it's knowing exactly. your audience. Yeah. It's knowing. So I think that um, having content 
that is uh, relevant to the platform is is going to be very very important in the coming years, especially uh, as we start to come out of quarantine. Right, like this is the time where you want to flood the streets with with your content, but more importantly, you have to flood it with relevant content, and so that way your communities will meet up. Right, and they'll say, "Oh, this is the part I like. Well, this is the part I like." And then you have that conversation, right? That fosters. Yeah, I wholeheartedly, and it's interesting. I will just say this, and this is a plug for both of us. You know, I'm a TV girl. Like, I think I'm a TV yeah. girl mainly because I wasn't allowed to watch TV. Believe it or not, I don't know if you knew that, but I wasn't really allowed to watch TV. We got like the Cosby Show in different worlds. You yeah, know, we had, yeah. point, you know, like certain things I had to sneak to watch, like in the color and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But my mom was really a stickler about us being a reader. And actually that helped me um, later on in life because um, when I got into high school, unbeknownst to me, I mean, I was, a, I'm, I think I'm a pretty smart kid, but, you know, I definitely had a disability. I was dyslexic and it wasn't identified okay. until my freshman year of high school. And I had a really astute teacher that was just like, well, I know you know this because I hear you, you're articulate, you're able to speak to these things. What is the problem? And so she basically was like, well, we're going to have you test it. And of course, in our community, you know, um, there's a stigma around if, if, if you are associated, um, per se, with special education. And I was just like, well, if it's going to help me get out of high school or what I know of it, then absolutely right, right. as long as I'm here for it, then it was a, you know, and fortunately that was one of the best things that have, could have happened to me because it opened my world. You know, it, I was limited by my disability and didn't even know it. You know, I, I was, um, seen as being lazy when I wasn't, but then I was had a, <laughs> they considered me having a smart ass mouth because I could speak to certain things. And so I say that to say, when you open yourself up and you embrace, you know, different things and, you know, the fact that people learn differently, it's just, I don't even like calling them disabilities. It's just differences. And it's just differences. It's yeah. just differences for sure. And um, my daughter, I mean, we, we talk about this all the time. Um, she had a developmental speech delay and to look at her now and to see the success that she's had is amazing and then that yeah. takes stigma out of it when you're talking about these things and so i think because there's a lack of things to watch on television right now <laughs> having a platform like what we both have and now that we're yeah. sharing and collaborating together um it speaks volumes it speaks volumes because it's true reality we started from our, our little neighborhood in East Oakland. And now we're here. I mean, I'm looking at your background of Hawk Vision and I have mine of all about the experiences and we're true reality. I won't say, well, we are stars in our own right, but I'm saying we're true people who have taken all of these life lessons and done it and done it well and done it socially. And so Absolutely. if y'all are looking for something to watch, this is yeah, this is this is where you need to be. I, I, you know, it's funny. I think that we often recognize the stars with a million followers, right? We often recognize the additional stream, like The Rock. I love The Rock because I like his Me story. Too. But yeah, the story. Mm -hmm, <laughs> sure. Oh yeah, the story. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the story. Right. Uh, but we look at like he just launched this tequila brand, right? And yes. we celebrate this, and and everybody's like, oh, I can't wait to try it. I can't wait to try. 
And the thing that we forget to do is to celebrate the people that are actively doing the work, right? Do you know how hard it is to write a book, get it out there? Like the average person doesn't sell 200 copies, right? And so when your friends and family do something that you are scared to do, not you personally, but when, when your friends and family are doing something that you are scared to do, that is not in your wheelhouse, you still need to celebrate them with the same vigor, the same access, the same respect that you celebrate these stars with. Because what happens is you create a, a, a lane for that person to feel comfortable to go further and go farther. And if you yeah. don't do that, what happens is that person does succeed at the highest level then you're going to want to be associated with them because that's my cousin. That's my, that's my friend from the neighborhood. That's my, and I'm going to tell you personally, I'm King Petty. No, we're not cool like that. <laughs> right? We're we, we not cool like that because when I was posting, when I was in the infancy stage and posting and trying to get listenership and trying to get readership, you ignored all of that, right? So the same way that you ignored my start, ignore my success. And, Ooh, and, and yeah. I'm not saying that to be arrogant or anything like that, but I'm saying that to to say that as a community, we have to celebrate each other because the stars are going to have wealth regardless if their business ventures fail or not. But if I could be wealthy, I can help you create wealth. And if mm. I can help you create wealth, your kids are set. If your kids are set, they start with a, 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 a higher step up on the social ladder, right? So, you know, like we even look at the differences between like myself and my big sister and my sister Granted, she knew that she wanted to do what she's doing, right? She's a principal, higher education. She's awesome. She knew she wanted to go to college. I didn't really care for it. So my parents poured everything they could into my sister in terms of schooling and education or whatever, and it paid off. With me, the minute I dropped out, my dad was like, yeah, I don't really care, but you better get it right. right. You know, because I knew that school wasn't my thing. The teacher told me how much he made. I was like, yeah, you are no longer qualified to teach me what I need to know because I'm already making that. And so I think that we have to we have to do a better job of collaborations, right? Hustling and starting with people that are in the same vein, that are doing what we're doing. Because like you said, there's things that you, you know, put me on to before we jumped on, things that I put you on to. And the more that we celebrate and collab with each other, we grow our audience together. And then we have a new circle that's at the top of the food chain five, 10 years down the line, right? And right. now it's people looking to us and we have this legacy of, this resume of success, this real life resume of success of people that have come down our coaching tree that can say, you know what, it was all about the experiences that did it for me. It was Cheryl. It was watching Cheryl smile and the genuine nature <laughs> of how she brings our guests on and, and how much research she does and the questions that she asked that uncovered my hidden. And I think that the more that we do that, uh, the better off as a culture will be because we have to do Chuck for president. <laughs> wow, this has been absolutely wonderful. There's one last thing I want to say because, sure. you know, a lot of times, um, sometimes uh, the word hustle, people, it has like a negative connotation. But where we're yeah. from, hustle is not negative. Hustle is what it's guttural. It, it comes and it motivates you to do the things that you need to do to provide for your family to yeah. self-sustain and also to support your community. So yeah. when I think about Hawk Vision, I think of Hustle. When I think about Chuck, I think of Hustle. When I hear your podcast and I see these amazing businessmen and businesswomen on there and entrepreneurs that are out there and they're grinding and they're hustling. 
hustle was not a bad thing. I feel like if more of us had it in us, we'd be in a far <laughs> yes. better place. Absolutely. There's definitely something to be said about that. And I know it all starts from somewhere. And I know that our roots, we already said, um, started in East Oakland and we had amazing families that supported us and um, parents um, and your parents, they stood out to me as well. Like, honestly, when I think about when I was like, okay, I'm going to get married one day and have two kids and two cars oh and yeah, my husband's <laughs> going to cut the grass and wash my car and all that. I used to see, I was just like, so I wanted yeah. to be, your mom was always put together. So yeah, my she, dad still washes the cars. Like, does he? It's, it's Raised, still washing Wait, the car. Look, his, he was kind of caught diesel too. He was out there with <laughs> He's lost a little bit. He's lost a little bit. <laughs> Stop you know. it. But he's, uh, he's, he's still active, man. Still building fences in the backyard, still helping the neighbors, you know. It, and it's crazy when like pops slow down. And he's like, what else I'm going to do? You know, I got to do the work. Right. But he's the perfect example of what it means to not only be an amazing family man, but also support your community. And I see that you're doing that in your own right. And so with that being said, I want to give you the opportunity to acknowledge anybody that um, you want to extend an acknowledgement to for helping you along this path. Helping and create the hustle? Yeah. Um, geez, there's so many people. I think that uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say yourself. Right. You were somebody that uh, I've always looked at, you know, me and your younger sister. Right. We, we were she got you got me by a couple, maybe by a couple months. Um, but your sister and I, like, we used to always I would always watch you and be like, she's always studying. something. hey, don't she want to get out here and run and play and jump and <laughs> do all this stuff? Like, um, but so you're yourself. And, and even as we grew up, uh, I think that your professionalism is something that stood out for me. We, we grew up in an era where. You're, when you're professional, you're, you're, you're talking right, you're doing you know, all these things. And I think that uh, watching you helped me understand code switching before code switching was a thing, Thank you. right? And so that matters to me a lot. Um, Edwin Haynes, my mentor, um, my big brother, he's in Houston, Texas. He is somebody that taught me that uh, I did not need permission to succeed, I already had it. Mm -hmm. um, him and Holton Bugs are, are definitely mentors. Um, my father, of course, you know, being being the superhero that he is, uh, somebody that I look to for just how to be a man, you know. And I think that that's often overlooked, you know, we, we the stigma about fathers and yada yada yada. But how to be a man? Um, my father is probably the best example of anything that I can ever have hoped for. And of course, the older you get, the more you, <laughs> the more you respect it. Uh, moms did well. My wife is someone that taught me the importance of being a good person, right? Okay. And patience. And not that I wasn't a good person, but again, very, very East Oakland, right? Okay. So you, you, you get exactly the energy that you, you give out. That's I'm, right. I respond in time, right? Um, but she taught me that it's it's important to to give, and so that uh, there's there's just so many people. I don't know. I will say this. I will say that anytime you have the chance to learn from someone that is in a position that you aspire to be, that you take that, snap your fingers, and ask yourself, what can I learn from this person right now? And 
I guarantee you the action of snapping your fingers when you do it allows you for, I don't know what it is, but something sticks in that conversation. And so even there's a gentleman named Ramacio Fulcher who taught me to snap my fingers. And he was one of the greatest network marketers I've ever met, Les Brown, who was the only grown man to do more push-ups than me when I was in my 20s. Like he challenged me at this, oh, I was so mad. He challenged me real quick. He challenged me uh, because he was talking about the process of doing the work every day so that when you're on stage, you, uh, you have muscle memory right? That you can do what you're built to do because you do the work offline. It's like practice with basketball or whatever. Right. But we're, we, we do this leadership summit and he's like, you know, who's the most fit in the room? Of course, me. I'm like, what? Like, you know, you want to see me. Unless you're 60, like put it, put it down, bro. You don't want to see me. So he's like, all right, a hundred dollars. He literally pulled out a hundred dollar bill. He said, now I know, you know, a hundred dollars ain't nothing, you know, yada, yada, yada. But he said, a hundred dollars, I can do more push-ups than you right now serious like you're gonna lose 100 like this in front of everybody when I tell you this man did 75 push-ups straight in rhythm did not miss a beat and I capped out at like 55 before I started huffing <laughs> of course I blamed it on the asthma but it was that moment where I understood <laughs> what doing the work looked like right because mm. there's a difference in having the the body right? Yeah. We can all have the body. We can all have the outside, you know, the clothes can indeed make the man. But when you take everything off, you see who puts in the work, right? Absolutely. And so when I pulled all that back, he showed me what doing the work looked like. And so um, for years on end, I would wake up every morning and do, you know, 65 push-ups because I was, I was like, the minute I meet him again, it's going down. You're like, I'm pumping these out. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I have to be able to beat him. And, and, and now the work is, is, is funny because my two youngest daughters are so competitive. Like, I wonder uh, where they get that from. I don't, who knows? But you know, <laughs> one, one is on the precipice of solving a Rubik's Cube. They're both straight A students. They, um, they, they both listen to the podcast, right? Uh, my nine-year-old more than my older one, but they both listen to the podcast. And they are able to pick up things and, and, and it's giving them the opportunity to dream. Like one of them is saying, I think I want to do real estate from a guest that I had on who's the youngest black female to own a brokerage firm in Atlanta. She has 75 real estate agents, right? So she understood leverage. So now my 13 year old is like, I think I want to do real estate. She get that? Like she's doing that? And uh, yeah, there's so many people to recognize. I just, I can't. It's, it's too hard. If I forgot a name, you know, I'm sorry. but I understand. I, yeah, I take, I take lessons from everybody because I think that it's important to learn from the people that are actively doing the work. So. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a perfect place to end on. Um, you have given so many wonderful insights. Um, you are definitely a true example of um, really following your dreams and um, relying on that foundation that was uh, laid for you, but also realizing that um, lifting as we climb and setting up yeah. your your family and your children for generational wealth um, through multiple streams of income. And I'm I'm just proud to say that I knew you way back when. <laughs> I support you back then. I support you now. And um, let me just say this, um, give you the opportunity also to tell people how they can find you. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm Googleable. I, I officially am <laughs> You're Googleable. Googleable. <laughs> Googleable. 
uh, the Hog Vision podcast uh, across all your platforms. And then if you, uh, you know, you look up Chuck is Hustle, you'll be able to find me everywhere else. So I, I, I'm out there, man. My vision is more than what you see. Vision is what you have when the lights go out. Ooh. Right. That's, that's what you, that's what you need to have. What do you Absolutely. see yourself in the darkness? And that's what well, with that being said, Chuck, Chuck is definitely hustle, and um, it has definitely been a wonderful experience having you on you. the podcast today. I look forward to future collaborations. Definitely when you have that book come out, I want you back on here yes. to talk about it and anything else that you're doing. I mean, obviously everything that you're doing right now is so positive and uplifting, and I'm just proud to know you and call you a friend. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolute Certainly. pleasure. You're killing it. Oh, thank you. Well, as I always end with, you know, everything um, day to day is definitely experiential. Um, it's what you do with those experiences. Um, it's really important for you to take care of each other and be good humans, but more importantly, definitely take care of yourselves. So with that being said, have an experiential filled week. Thank you for joining All About the Experiences. Be sure to tune in weekly. Please subscribe, like, and provide feedback. Additional information can be found via the website at allabouttheexperiences.com. And follow on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and YouTube by name. All About the Experiences. Remember, the only limits that exist are the ones in your mind.